0: I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast. The podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. So today we're talking to Josh Weisman. Uh, one of my good buddies. Um, so Josh believes, um, all veterinary professionals deserve to feel fulfilled by their work each and every day through his company, Flourish Veterinary Consulting. He combines more than 20 years of veterinary experience a masters in applied positive psychology and an education and positive leadership and positive organization, organizational scholarships to help them do just that. Hard words.
1: <laughs> I only choose that.
0: I know you do. You do that to me on purpose. Um, you know, I've said it a million times, but reading out loud not one of my one, not one of my strengths. Um, so I want to talk some more about this um, leading for resilience. Yeah. Um, I want you to give us some actionable items on that. So we've you know talked about that. We kind of came back to some other stuff, but let's go let's go back to there. Um, Josh, I just started talking. I just started recording. So <laughs> this is all going to be spliced together, probably. But hey, it is what it is. It. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's talk some more about. Uh, What did I, what does that say? Um, Okay. I'm like, whatever, I just made all these notes while we were talking. Um, So let's talk about perception of control a little more. um, And like how we turn our perception around and to create some resilience. Because I think you could probably talk about that for a while. Uh, And like really some action items on how do we, how do we cultivate resilience? You know, especially if like, you've had don't you feel like you know all I do is just worry about what I don't have or what I can't control or whatever you know I have those moments too Um, you know I'm just gonna preface all of this the whole thing with I have really resilient moments I have very unresilient moments yeah um I don't know where mine stems from I probably have some ideas but you know because I don't have a whole lot of trauma but I do have a little bit of adversity, adversity that I've had to overcome in my life, um, just around my parents divorce and stuff like that. So I do think that probably created some resiliency in me. Um, you know, I don't, It's interesting. I wonder if my siblings are resilient. I don't really feel like my brother is. Yeah. He probably is pretty resilient too.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Jamie, I think every human being is resilient. Yeah. We're actually built for it. Um, I think it's just a, a natural state of affairs for us. I think that mm-hmm. we sometimes fail to recognize our own resiliency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the truth is, is that anybody, I mean, just, just by virtue of the fact that you're sitting here right now talking to me, mm-hmm. shows me that you're resilient. There's mm-hmm. no way that you've gotten to the age of 26. And- <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that you've gotten through you know, however many years of your life and not had challenges, mm-hmm. struggles, and problems to overcome. Mm -hmm. every human being has them we all do Mm -hmm. so any time that you are still alive and functioning it means that you are a resilient creature because you've overcome things in your past Mm -hmm. and by overcoming those things you've actually grown and that's one of the things that probably the most fascinating kind of resiliency uh, that i've come across in the research uh, is what we call reconfiguration resilience and there's a form of this Uh, reconfiguration resilience that um, we refer to as post-traumatic growth think about that for a second post-traumatic growth we all are fully aware of this idea of post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. we hear about PTSD and you know these kinds of things and that's a very real thing and it happens Mm -hmm. it certainly happens but what we find time and time again is that uh, human beings don't always respond negatively to you know significant adversities in their life, in fact, more often than not, human beings respond positively Now that positive response may not be immediate mm-hmm. sometimes it takes time to get to that. but a really great example you talk to cancer survivors, people who have su- survived cancer, even sometimes like really, really horrible bouts of cancer you know. Mm -hmm. months and months, maybe years of chemo, surgeries, you know, near death experiences, all this kind of thing. And you ask them, and are they grateful that they had that experience? No. Do they, do they wish that they could have not had that experience? Yes. Mm -hmm. And they also talk about things like, man, I had no idea how strong I could be. Wow. My relationships in life became so important to me. I grew closer to my spouse. I developed friendships that I hadn't developed before. You hear things of, you know, like a return to faith or spirituality, Mm -hmm. all of these kind of growth factors. (laughs) And then because of that experience and because of that recognition, future adversities are less challenging. (laughs) <laughs> they actually built up their resilience muscles having gone through that that's reconfiguration resilience or post-traumatic growth and and i think it's just absolutely amazing that we that we can do that so so when when i hear people talk about like oh i'm not resilient or gosh i wonder if this other person is resilient my sort of universal answer is actually we're all resilient mm-hmm. every single human being is a resilient being it's just a matter of where on the spectrum we kind of lie in any given moment and what are we doing to actively build those things and there are things that that we can do and what what i'm particularly interested in is um you know applying those skills through the prism of the workplace Mm -hmm. um, so that we can build resiliency within our professional lives uh which you know it spills over into our personal lives but then also in particular from a leadership perspective Mm -hmm. because there are absolutely things that we can do as leaders to influence the resiliency of the teams around us
0: Mm -hmm. and ourselves i love it
1: have a great deal of power over that
0: I would think that the cancer patient also has a much different perspective, right? So oh, they've, yeah. they've, they they've got to see things in a way that is different than the rest of us. Oh yeah, um, and that creates that. I'm sure creates that resiliency.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because when you when we talk about it, I mean, I I don't know your life past if you have survived cancer or not. No, not. I, but you know, sort of intellectually,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I can. Recognize that, like I can think about that on a cognitive level, like wow, yeah, I could see how your perspective on life would change, Mm -hmm. and this and that. But there's something about imagining it intellectually that's Mm -hmm. very, very different than actually living through it. Absolutely. And it's that lived experience that changes you in positive ways, and that's Mm -hmm. why resiliency is something that is built with practice. That's why we have to have. So, so again, like you know, when I think about the situation that we're in right now. And I think about the millions and millions of people who have lost their job or are at risk of losing their job. Mm-hmm. I think about, you know, the tens of thousands or, or maybe even more of small businesses who have already shut down or who might have to shut down. Mm-hmm. I think about all of the people who have been infected by COVID or uh, you know, who have lost their lives to it. Mm -hmm. kinds of things. That is awful. And I would love nothing more than to be able to snap my finger and magically Mm -hmm. wave my wand and it all disappears. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's because of these experiences that I truly do know, the research shows us over and over and over again, that so many of us will actually be stronger human beings, more productive, more functional human beings Mm -hmm. for having lived through this experience. And I think we can have both and. I think that we can have both this sucks, Mm -hmm. embrace that suck, honor it, recognize it. That's normal. It's normal. Mm -hmm. It's normal to feel like shit. It's normal to look at a situation like the world, you know, that that we're in right now in the world and think, I hate this. (laughs) It's bringing me down. This is bullshit. And, and Mm -hmm. have a productive response to it. Yeah. And there are things that I can do about Mm -hmm. this now. So you asked earlier about this this kind of idea of, um, you know, what are tangible things we can do to build resilience? Mm -hmm. I think that's it. And I think from a a leadership perspective, I think that's a really, really important thing. I think in times of crisis, really effective leaders, and this is, by the way, this is backed by, this is evidence-based stuff too. I mean, when you look at the research of positive organizational scholarship and you look at when they've looked at case studies of, Uh, you know, crises that uh, from an organizational level and what have leaders done Mm -hmm. that have effectively led those teams through those crises versus ineffectively led them through the crises. And we find these things. What leaders can do in these times, number one is not put a rosy bullshit face on it. This is not the time for false positivity.
0: Mm -hmm. This
1: is not the time to paint a, you know, a fake unicorns and rainbows kind of picture about the world. Oh, is just it? put on a happy spin. Just grin and bear it. <laughs> be more positive. Not the time for it. No. Totally not the time for it. No. We need, we need to- So reckon. disingenuous too. Oh my God, totally. Yeah. And we need to be, if, if ever there was a time for honesty and vulnerability, now mm-hmm. is the time as a leader to embrace, yeah, you know what? This sucks. And I don't actually know what tomorrow is going to be like for us. hmm and you don't either. And that's a really uncomfortable place to be. Give people the space to honor their humanity, right? And be able to then ask those questions. What else is going on here? What do we actually have control over here? What can we do? How can how can we work together? How can you help me mm-hmm. I help you? What What do we need to do to support? So we find that, you know, sort of, this humanity component is really important. And then we also find that resilient leaders, leaders who who bring out resilience in their teams in mm-hmm. times of crisis, they're really, really good at over-communicating. Now, I don't mean like over-communicating in, in, in a micromanaging sense. In fact, quite the opposite. And I'll get to that point here in a second. But I mean over-communicating in that... We, you know, there's so many pieces of information as leaders in the day-to-day of running a business or running a team or leading an organization that we just, you know, we just don't share with each other. People are, you know, kind of out doing their things and mm-hmm. they don't need to know everything that's going on. That's because there's a certain level of predictability in the work every day under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. But when we're in a state of crisis and you remove some of that predictability, you remove some of that sense of, of uh, certainty, You, you create this chaos, you you know, well, you haven't, we haven't created it, It it's created for us. It's been traditional
0: instability. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's instability, there's chaos, there's uncertainty. The human mind is a meaning making machine. We fill in the gaps of stories. We can't help it. It happens automatically. Mm -hmm. And so when there is crisis, people in the organization, people in your team They are filling in the gaps of the story. And I can guarantee you that the normal state in a state of crisis is not to go to the rosy picture of what could be, but to go to that negative spiral of all the bad shit that's going to happen. Oh my Mm -hmm. God, we're going to lose all our clients. Nobody's going to come in. The place is going to shut down. I'm going to lose my job. Nobody else is going to be hiring. All the vet hospitals are going to be done. I'm going to be unemployed before you know it. I'm going to be living in a box in the street with my puppy that I can't feed, right? Right. That's what the brain will do. So as leaders, it behooves us to fill in the gaps for them the best that we possibly can. I'm not saying you have to have all the answers. You can't. We talked about that in part one. Mm-hmm. You're admitting. It's okay, you're, okay to say, I don't know. Me too, yeah. I don't know everything that's going to happen, but here's what I do know, and mm-hmm. I'm going to share it with you openly, honestly, routinely, and consistently. So over-communicate. So like one of the things that... I think is a is a, a really important tool during times of crisis to build resiliency in teams is regular briefings, whatever that means. So uh, if you have a leadership team, it means that every when it when it's in an acute crisis state, this these things should probably happen every day. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the leadership team gets together somehow, whether it's on Zoom or in person, if you're actually working on site, whatever it might be, on the phone. Uh, email, doesn't matter, but, but you have a set time and a set agenda of all the things that you're going to discuss so that everybody's on the same page with the information that we do have. Mm-hmm. And then that briefing then extends once the leadership team is on the same page, this is the information we have, then it gets shared with the rest of the team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they can expect uh, every evening at six o'clock in my inbox, I'm going to have an email from leadership on what's going on, whatever that might be. hmm Frequency needs to be maximized during the acute phase of the crisis. You can decrease the frequency as the crisis starts to abate. But that communication is so critical. And we see it consistently case study after case study, the teams that are the most resilient through and beyond crisis Mm -hmm. as their leadership is over-communicating. And then the the last part that's really, really important is really effective leaders, leaders who, who cultivate and enable the sense of resiliency, not just in themselves, but in the teams around them during mm-hmm. the crisis, they do something really interesting. They over communicate, but they don't micromanage. In fact, they do the opposite. They mm-hmm. empower their team with more autonomy than they've ever empowered them with before because the truth is that in a crisis, no one of us has all the answers. We can't predict what's going to happen. We've never done this before. This is an unprecedented time. Mm -hmm. We need to build in a certain amount of agility. We need to allow people the opportunity to minimize the bureaucracy and actually problem solve to the best of their abilities on the fly in real time on the ground. And so, so leaders end up doing, really effective, resilient leaders end up doing two things that feel a little bit uncomfortable to most of us in leadership and management positions, mm-hmm. which is share a lot and remove a lot of control. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. You're a business owner. And you're looking at your, your income coming in. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the, the unpredictable future. You're looking at all of your expenses. And now here comes the asshole Josh saying, you're terrified. Here's what I want you to do. Share your terror. Share all the information. Be as open and honest as you can. Mm-hmm. And empower your team as much as you possibly can to the point of discomfort to help you problem solve. Like that's, that doesn't feel normal. That Mm -hmm. doesn't feel natural to somebody who's like, their livelihood depends on this business surviving. Yeah. (laughs) the thing that they've built that's so important to them. But that's what we see. That's what we see consistently over and over and over throughout the research. That's what the really effective resilient leaders do. And Mm -hmm. I've already seen examples of it. Some of this stuff's been amazing. You know, early on before PPP was released and, you know, people were like, uh, okay, we've just like, plummeted 40 percent of our revenue and in a veterinary hospital 40 to 50 percent uh, you know of your revenue is going towards paying your staff
0: yeah they don't have that much margin
1: yeah so it's gone I don't know how I can keep this place open and pay people some people the way that they responded was taking control
0: right mm-hmm.
1: so I'm the business owner I'm the lead doctor I'm the practice manager I'm gonna take control of everything and I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna fire people, I'm going to furlough, uh, you know, I'm going to cut everybody's hours in half, uh, whatever it might be. I make this decision because I'm the leader. And that's mm-hmm. within their right. They are the leader. They're the decision maker. Mm-hmm. They can do that.
0: Yeah. That's their risk a lot of the time too. More, yeah.
1: And it's their risk on the line. Absolutely. <laughs> it's totally within their right. I'm not saying <laughs> that they can't do that. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is that more often than not, the response from the team is to get worse. More often than not, when we make unilateral decisions like that, that impact so many other people in mm-hmm. the moment, in the heat of the moment, under, under the umbrella of crisis, mm-hmm. we get a negative response from our team and we actually lose productivity, we lose efficiency, we lose resiliency among the team and the and well-being
0: you, goes down. And you lose yeah. your good people
1: too. Yes. This is not a sustainable path. If the crisis is truly acute and very short-lived, you might survive it. But you're certainly not gonna thrive on the other side of it. And more often than not, you're not even gonna survive it. If you keep making those kinds of unilateral decisions in a crisis, your your organization's gonna be thoroughly challenged and you may not survive. Hmm. Some responses that I saw though, I saw one hospital, this was their response. The ownership and the management all got together. They had an all staff meeting and they sat down and they said, listen, this is our reality. Mm -hmm. Our revenue is here. This is how much it costs us to pay you guys. We have to find a way to cut payroll by 20%. But we're not gonna just willy-nilly decide who to fire, whose hours to cut, or this and that. How can we get there? What (laughs) do you guys think? What can we do to cut our payroll by 20% over the next period of time? And just opened it up and created an environment where it was safe for everybody to suggest anything. So somebody might suggest, well, you're the owner, You make the most money here why don't you take a pay cut and it was safe to do that Mm -hmm. this is what ended up happening ownership management all those people they took a pay cut Mm -hmm. and the rest of the team voluntarily agreed to cut hours and what they ended up doing was they didn't just cut hours they had a conversation between all of them and they 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 figured out as a team okay you know what Jamie can afford to cut her hours by 30% and she'll still be okay. She can still pay her bills. She's got some saving. Josh can't cut his hours right now. He's got no money in savings and he's got, you know, a big mortgage
0: payment.
1: Mm -hmm. So even though we need to get a 20% cut, Jamie's going to take a 30% hour cut so that Josh doesn't have to. They did this as a team, (laughs) right? It's so great. This is what happens when leaders respond in a vulnerable,
0: Mm -hmm. open
1: communication and autonomous way. Mm -hmm. When leaders respond unilaterally, those kinds of things don't happen. Mm -hmm. You really, a leader says, all right, here's the deal. We're gonna cut your hours by 20% across the board and I expect you to work your ass off during this crisis. Do you really think people are gonna respond by working their ass off?
0: No, and the team is much happier because they got to choose, right? So they got to decide. Yes. They're all adults. That's what's you hard work. know. Yeah. They felt
1: empowered to make that decision. Now they get to own that decision. Mm-hmm. And when that decision is no longer working, a leadership team can be open and honest about it, have this sit down again, and everybody gets to have a conversation where they get to decide what to do. Mm -hmm. There might come a time where the leader has to make some sort of a unilateral decision. We can't always open Mm -hmm. it up to the team. It can't always be a democratic process like that. I get that. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. But the more that we are vulnerable and honest, the more we embrace the suck and honor the suck that everybody's experiencing, Mm -hmm. the more we communicate openly with as much information as we can to empower people to fill in the gaps in the brain Mm -hmm. that are going to happen no matter what. Right. The more that we enable a sense of autonomy, you're building up capital. You're building up a certain capital that you get to spend later so that when you have to make that unilateral decision, guys, we've gotten to a point now, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to cut everybody's hours 10% across the board. Here's why. Does it suck? Yes. Are they likely to be a lot more understanding and accepting mm-hmm. of it? Absolutely. Absolutely because you've built up the capital to be able to spend that. You have to build it. Yeah. And what, we don't, what we often want to do in a time of crisis is we just want to react. I'm the leader. I have to control everything and make it all better and fix it. Mm-hmm. Actually, more so than ever, this is the time to stop, breathe, think, and respond. Hmm. OK, I'll get off my high
0: horse. No, I love it. <laughs> It's just, it's it's hard to change how you do things, sure. right? Yeah. You know, those teams probably already have, you know, some resiliency in them and things like that. I mean, I think for me, a lot of this is like, how do we create rel- resiliency in our children? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, how do we... Make sure they have some resilience you know Have yeah. they have some adversity they have to make decisions they have yeah. consequences like things like that like I think that's huge for me too you know along with obviously making sure my team is resilient yeah um you know but I have people on my team will just be like mm, got nothing <laughs> Yeah, <And laughs> that's
1: okay. as long as they <laughs> have the opportunity to have nothing yeah my, my response to that you're right you're absolutely right like again this is this is an unprecedented time we can't mm-hmm. have normal expectations of ourselves and each other during this time we have to yeah. suspend those and create new more understanding expectations yeah. for for this crisis that we're mm-hmm. dealing with right now and so i you know i i don't expect every veterinary hospital owner or veterinary hospital manager to listen to this conversation and be like yeah i'm going to go do all that some people might be able to do that on their own some mm-hmm. people quite honestly, need help. I mean, I, I didn't always have these skills when I was a manager. I had to acquire right. these skills. I mean, right. I you back to school to get a master's degree to be able to do this kind of stuff, right, there's nothing wrong with needing some help and guidance from somebody, mm-hmm. which is why people like me and Flourish exists. Right. I'm here mm-hmm. to help with that. Like, that's that's what I'm here to do. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. <laughs> Sometimes you can't do this alone.
0: Yeah, so and you don't have you. to.
1: Yeah, so hire me to help you through it, you yeah. know?
0: No, and I think, I think people get really like, especially as business owners, we get very like, you know, solo cowboy about, you know, our yep. businesses or whatever. And it's just like, what, what are all these experts for?
1: I wouldn't do my taxes for my business on my own.
0: That's I don't I'm do people do. like
1: Jamie. <laughs> and so sometimes leadership is the same way. Sometimes yeah. we need, we need a coach. We need somebody to, you know, to help support us, believe in us and, and, and help us see the things that we can't always see on our own.
0: Yeah. It's that outside eyes. Those outside eyes are so important. Yeah. But you have to let people look. Yeah, And that's what I run into a lot of the time. It's just like, give me the stuff. Let me see, you know, or tell me what's going on. I might have solutions that you never thought of because you're in the middle of it. Right. Right. Um, you know, we've got coffee shops. We actually just onboarded a coffee shop. Oh wow. Um, and they've, you know, they're doing online ordering now and That's you know, awesome. they're doing curbside and like okay. they've okay. they're gonna be fine because they're resilient. Yep. Right? And I have other businesses that are like, All my stuff got canceled. Yeah. Okay, put it online. Oh, that takes work. Okay, well you're not gonna survive this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's like you can kinda tell. Well, and I've been saying this pretty much since the beginning the businesses that shouldn't be thriving or there's businesses that shouldn't probably be businesses or probably not going to be businesses on the end of this.
1: Yeah. You I mean, know, I think, I think many of the organizations that survive through this uh, insanity, man, what they're going to be able to do on the other side of it is just going to be
0: magical. Yeah. And you know, the people that are adopting things that they just weren't ready to adopt, like telehealth in the veterinary space, yeah. like that was just like, uh, you know, but other places like dentists and like there's a lot of different places where telehealth is just like, well, it's time now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's like all the early adopters have been like, we've been telling you, you know, yeah. but it's like all these mid late adopters are like, ah, and like single sign on Like, I've talked to a bunch of like tech people and stuff that are just like, oh my God, the accounting industry has lost its damn mind because they've been working in offices. Yeah. Now they can't. Yeah. You know, we've always been distributed teams. It's like, you know, everything was pretty much already in place for us. I had to kick my mom out, but other than that, <laughs> but she's figuring it out and she has been more productive, which is so crazy because my mom usually comes and sits with us, like comes yeah. and works in the office with me. She has gotten more stuff done by working from home. That's awesome. I'm trying to stay away from my stepdad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's then great. she does when she's here. Yeah. It's so crazy. That's you funny. know, she's figured it out. She figured out how to, plug her computers in and do all the stuff and my mom is 72 71
1: that's resilient
0: and she does all of her cookbooks online for all of her clients and she took a bunch of classes and she's just living her best life she misses me though but i miss her too right i'm just so lovely all the time (laughs) 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 oh josh um So one question. So last question for you. Well, actually, before I ask my last question, um, what's the easiest way to find you?
1: So the easiest way to find me is definitely online. So my website is uh, Mm flourishveterinaryconsulting.com. flourishveterinaryconsulting.com. I I, uh, I've got a pretty really active blog on there actually too. Um, I post a new article every couple weeks. It's always evidence-based. So I pull from some piece of research and talk about things like these positive leadership skills and how can we apply these things in organizations? Uh, A lot of it recently has been about COVID, but um, so that's a good place to reach me. Uh, Flourish is also on Facebook. And then I, Josh Weissman, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well. Uh, So those are all good places to find me. All
0: right, give us the one thing everybody could do today to build some resiliency.
1: Uh, I think, we talked about this like an hour ago. That's fine. Uh, I really, I've really become a big fan of that question. What else is here? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I think learning to actively ask ourselves that question during times where we're feeling really challenged. Uh, Resilience is something that we need when we feel challenged. And so, you know, I think it's, that's a normal part of being a human being. We're Mm going to feel challenged and we're not always going to feel like we can rise up to that challenge. That's okay. Uh, I think that Learning to then ask in those situations what else is here uh, is a really powerful way to start to build that resilience because it, it engages the part of the brain that we want to be looking out at the world for ways to take productive action. Mm-hmm. When you ask yourself that question, okay, what else is here? You know what? Um, I can't really, I, you and I were supposed to have this conversation in person. We can't now because of COVID. That really mm-hmm. sucks. I uh had every single one of my speaking engagements uh and you know, consulting engagements around the country canceled in mm-hmm. one fell swoop. That oh, really my. sucks. Um
0: I was supposed to go to a camp for a week. Yeah. that was cancelled and I cried. That sucks. Uh,
1: i 've got uh, some colleagues that I have regular routine lunch meetings with that I look forward to all the time. Mm-hmm. Can't have any of those? It sucks. My mom is in her mid '70s, lives by herself in longmont i haven 't seen her in two months in person because she 's in a high risk group, and I, you know i can 't risk putting her at risk, and so you know, that, that sucks. I have no idea where the next dollar of revenue for my company is going to come from. That sucks that 's okay that 's normal mm-hmm. that 's a normal response. And ask the question, what else is here? You know what else is here? We live in the age of like high-powered internet. Even though you and I were supposed to meet in person and it sucks that we can't, we still got to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. That's great. I was able to convert a lot of my material to webinar formats. So now I'm providing webinars. You know, that's it's not as good as meeting people in in person like I usually do, like what Mm -hmm. I really want to be doing, but it's still a good thing. That's also here.
0: It's all, I, and that's all you have time to build it. Yeah.
1: Because I'm not traveling, I'm at home with my 13 and a half year old great dame. Mm, I don't know how much she's, so she's so sweet. She's so no. sweet. Yeah. And I get to spend all this time with her. Mm-hmm. I'm at home with my wife every single day. This is, a, this is actually really a wonderful thing. That's I mean, awesome. for me, it really truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is; these are all good things. That's that comes from asking that question. What else is here? What else is when here? you learn to do that routinely, you start to train your brain to scan the environment for. There's bad things and there's good things. So it's not just bad things going on.
0: I love that. I love that so much. I was actually telling my husband the other day. I was like, you know, this is hard, and like, the kids are having a hard time with the distance learning and stuff. I was like, but we don't have to be at the school every, every week because that's something, you know, which is crazy. Yeah. Like usually in May, we're literally at the schools. Like, cause it's like, this is all we did all year. We're handing it all over to you. So you can see that we actually did something stuff, yeah. literally like the entire month of May. Yeah. Not right. Anymore. Not anymore. And it was my yeah. son's birthday and it was other birthdays and we we're just like, happy birthday. And we just moved on with our lives. And it was just like, it's just so much less stuff. And I don't have kids awesome. that like are in like 10 different things or whatever. We don't even play that game because yeah. I literally can't. Um, <laughs> yeah. They get to pick one thing at a time. Um, yeah. And it's all been canceled. Yeah. You know? And so we've been doing game nights every night. And like- That's So awesome. The kids are less overwhelmed. And like my daughter, who just doesn't sleep very well, she's got to sleep in. So it's just like yeah. we're all in a different- mindset and actually like yeah. enjoy everybody a lot more right now yep. you know because we're not running off to do something or trying to dinner <laughs> real fast or you know whatever yeah. we get to hang out as a family you yeah. know in a lot of places and the kids don't have the you know the transitions and you know it's less transitions yeah. and stuff and it's just been you know it's been hard obviously and we don't know what's going to happen with his job and you know my business and whatever but also we get to hang out yeah which has been really nice. And the great. kids, like yeah. they are in different schools most of the year, because yeah. they' they've always been in, they were in the same school for so long. Yeah And then my mother-in-law would pick them up, and so they were together all the time. But my son now walks to school and comes home, and my, yeah. my mother-in-law was picking Genev- my daughter up, so they didn't really get that much time together, because she would leave before he would get up, and then like they didn't get to see each other but now they're like playing Minecraft together and like laying on the floor reading books together. And like, they've gotten to reconnect.
1: Yeah. That's nice.
0: Which is so cute. Yeah. I keep taking pictures of them like together on the couch watching TV or like they're just so so cute together. That's awesome. Um, so that's been, you know, that's been good stuff.
1: Yeah. I like it. There you go. What else is here?
0: Yeah. I mean, what else is here? Which also, you know, I'm reading some crazy stuff on the internet. I'm like, but what else is here? (laughs) I love it. So <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Josh. It's always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Thanks for taking
0: the time. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.